from the dark web to your radio dial. You are listening to CyberTalk Radio on News 1200 WOAI. Welcome to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. I'm joined this week by, I'm going to call you a professor. But uh, maybe maybe not quite <laughs> how that works. But uh, we'll have our guest introduce herself here in, in just a moment. But uh, we're going to talk data science. We'll talk a little bit about why data science is relevant in the cybersecurity and why places uh, employ data scientists to uh, help keep them safe and their customers safe. So, uh, Maggie, will you uh, go ahead and share a little bit of your background and uh, how'd you find yourself on this radio program? Well, my name is Maggie Just, and I have been a data scientist for about seven, eight years now. Um, I spent some time at Rackspace, about six years at Rackspace, uh, where I was practicing data science in our customer experience team, um, for the most part. Uh, And I was helping build predictive models for identifying ways we can support our customers, um, risk of defection, proactively giving them the support they need. And then I went on to Capital Group, American Funds, where I spent some time doing data science in cybersecurity. And that's where I got to build machine learning models for detecting threats in our environment. Um, And from there I went to HEB and I was building some recommenders, recommendation engines um, around marketing and digital coupons. and then I got the opportunity at CodeUp uh, to help build out the data science program there, which has been awesome. Yeah, so we'll uh, dive deep into uh, that this episode, but we'll, we'll talk about data science education, kind of what do you need as a prerequisite, and uh, where do you want to go if you're not going to be able to stay with us here on the radio. Uh, the rebroadcast of this will go up on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com on Tuesday, November the 13th. It'll also go on to every podcasting service out there, Uh, on the internet. If you have a podcasting service you prefer to listen to and you cannot find our program on it, uh, reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter. We will get you a CyberTalk Radio t-shirt and we will get our program added to that podcast service that you choose. So CodeUp has been around now here for a few years uh, teaching uh, Java and PHP and a a number of uh, uh, JavaScript and and front-end web development. Uh, So what led uh, to CodeUp deciding to add a, a data science track um the demand yeah yeah there's so much demand out there um and there are just there's not enough talent and so um i think ibm predicted and what i want to say it was a 28 percent increase in the number of data scientists needed by 2020 um, and that's up to about 2.7 million in the united states is what they're estimating um and the growth in education around data science is not obviously not growing that rapidly. And especially in San Antonio, we're just not seeing the talent that we need here. Yeah. Um, there's not enough people. No, and, and for, for those wondering, so, I mean, Maggie talked a little bit about what is data science um, and some of the, the use cases and examples, but businesses um, over the last 20 years have had uh, what they would call a, a business analytics team or a business analysts um, on that analytics team trying to um, slice and dice and, and process through the information that businesses collect on their customers or on the market. Um, and now uh, we're able to gather so much information that you, you can't really sort through it anymore the ways that a, a business analyst would have a decade ago. 
like you you need data science and and you need to start using algorithms and data science doesn't always mean machine learning and ai but it often means that you're going to head in some of those directions uh, over time, and and that's kind of the the educational gap between a, a business analyst and a data scientist. You have to understand the algorithms and the rest of this. Exactly, it's it's um, the type of data, the amount of data. So if you talk about business analytics, you're talking about um, analytics that's centered. I mean, I'm going to be obvious here. I mean, that's centered around business, right? It's going to be structured. Um, it's going to be centered around a certain domain. When you talk about data science, your center of focus is the data. Yeah. Um, you are going to dive into the data and see what you can discover about that in ways to enable whatever it is that you're trying to improve or um, provide insights to. So it may be a business. It may be a, a unit of a business. It may be security. Um, it may be for research. Yeah. So I've seen where they've paired data scientists with um, scientists of specific to to the research that they're doing. And by doing that, you're, you're capturing both ends of the research. You're capturing um, where you have the data that already exists and you're diving and see what's there. And then you're capturing where you're running scientific experiments um, around the expertise, whether it's social science or, or chemistry or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard of some good success stories where you have uh, pharmaceutical researchers working on building new drug compounds, and you have a, a data scientist that actually doesn't know anything about how drug compounds work, uh, but they were able to go through all of the data of all the different compounds that are being tested, um, and with the modeling and other things come up with hey here's some different compounds that the data says you should try um they don't really know why that compound like i mean you can't even read the organic or chemical compound piece but they're like the data says that this should be useful and then scientists go run the actual experiment and find out yeah that compound does show promise so it's um it, it's an interesting one where you're letting the data speak for itself you're giving the data a voice yes yeah I exactly that's a way to say it i like that I'm going to uh, take that part. Yes. <laughs> so um, if if I was going to want to become a data scientist, what do I need to know before I show up at the door to, to try to enroll at CodeUp for this? So there are two things. One thing we're looking for in application and another thing before they step in the door. Um, so when in the applicants we're looking for, no experience is necessary. Um, we just want to see an aptitude to be able to take in all the information and a motivation to be able to um, to to work through this in extremely intense immersive program. So um, when we talk about aptitude, we're talking about problem solving ability, um, creative thinking, um, logical thinking at the same time, which is really where the challenge uh where we find the challenge the most is is mixing that creativity with the logical thinking. Yeah. Um, and I think if you find that, you have a recipe for someone who could become a really good data scientist. Um, and so, so we don't want to limit it to people who, you know, have a degree in mathematics or have a degree in statistics or programming because it may just be something that's hidden down there, right? Um, so in terms of applicants, I mean, it is bonus if they have some experience in some business experience or, or analytics or programming. Um, but after we accept, after we find that that, that um, capacity and motivation is there, then it's about giving some pre-work to get them foundations in Python, some foundations in, in stats, um, and so that, that we can move more quickly once we get started in the program. Yeah. 
Because this goes fast. It's not a four-year or five-year degree program. Correct. 18 weeks. 18 weeks is it. And um, we have a lot of ground to cover. Um, and we want to make sure that we give them the foundation that they need to go in and as a as a um, beginning or, or maybe a entry, le- I mean, or maybe a mid-level data scientist. So, um, you know, we want to be able to cover machine learning algorithms. We want to be able to th- cover that they can get up there um, in front of an executive board and, and deliver um, some findings. Yeah. Um, so all aspects of the field. And yeah, so this is uh, 18 weeks, but eight hours a day. It is. Yeah. Eight hours a day, full immersion. So as you immersion. said, intensive, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, full immersion. So, and, and, you know, we'll have office hours before and after class. And um, and generally, they'll be doing some work on the weekends as well. So it's a full-time job for 18 weeks. Yeah, I've, I've been uh, by your the CODEP offices um, and have seen students hanging out there at 7 and 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, going through the, the regular programming curriculum. I expect you'll see the same thing from the, the data science. There'll be folks that are are really going to do well in the program, plan on kind of hanging out from 8 a.m. until 7 or 8 p.m., five days a week for four and a half months. Exactly. Um, yeah. And it gets exciting at the end when they're working on their capstone project, um, which they'll present at the very end to, and partners will show up, um, those who are hiring or looking for data scientists, and um, to see them work together in groups and come, come up with some amazing um, data product. It's pretty fun to see. Yeah. So... Uh, I want to go through and break down some of this data science a, a little bit for folks. So uh, one of the, the things you said earlier in the program was uh, for doing business analytics, there's a, a lot of planning up front of structuring of the data, setting up the data, collecting it in the right way so that you can then do an analytics model. Um, I've, I've joked that data scientists, like uh, you can throw everything at them, um, but it, in order to get output, um, they, they end up as a data janitor to start off with. You've got to do a lot of cleaning up um, and figuring out because businesses are collecting a lot of information, but sometimes it's not very accurate. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So how does that whole, that first process piece go? Because uh, this is, is one for those listening out there that want to go hire a data scientist as well. If, if you're collecting information, the information needs to be statistically valid information. Yes. It's the biggest challenge. And yeah. I think what businesses don't realize a lot of the time when they start hiring data scientists is that this is where the most time is spent. And the more um, prepared the data is, whether it's in, you know, sitting in a, in a data warehouse or in a data lake or something like that, um, the more quickly the data scientists can get to doing the good stuff that's going to add so much value. But generally, um, they're spending 80% of their time gathering data, putting it in a form that they can use it, um, and, and, you know, dealing with, dealing with messy, um, a lot of invalid data. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, testing and making sure, um, does this, is this actually what this is supposed to be? Uh, what are these field names? Why are they, why have thing, why do these two fields have the same name, but they're completely different value, uh, data types, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, lots of that out there. And, and so as you, you hire a data scientist, the, the first thing you're going to find out is many things that you thought you were doing and you thought you were collecting are being done incorrectly. Um, so don't uh, <laughs> you, you don't blame your data scientist on that one. They're uncovering um, areas inside the business where um, you're going to need to go back and rework some some other process improvements. It's, it's uh, almost like your, your financial auditor, but the data scientist ends up being your data auditor to begin with. It is, and I think that's the hardest part about keeping data scientists is they come in and, and 
they don't get to do data science for yeah. a very long time if yeah. they're the leaders in that organization. I mean, there's just so much to do, and, and it always takes much longer than any leaders think it should take. Yeah. Once you start uh, getting through to the point you're getting outputs, and we, we'll talk a little bit uh, about some of this in some use case examples in some more detail in the second half of the program, you get to where you have things up and running, and then you get continual output and value from it over time. As, the, as you, you build these models and you train them, this is, I, I think, one of the things that really separates the some of the data science from the business analytics. Analytics, it's a, a lot of collecting manual report generation um, and it doesn't learn from anything, but the data science models will learn and get better and improve over time as you feed more information into it. Yes, yes. So that's the benefit is that you're actually building things that are going to um, scale. It's not kind of that monotonous of doing the same thing over and over. You build one thing and it will continue to provide value and then you move on and build the next thing that will continue to provide value. Yeah. So uh, coming into this, uh, I'm looking at some of the notes on the course. So you have almost a a thousand hours potentially of, of coding in, in here, like where you guys are really uh, talking through some of the fundamentals, but you're really getting hands-on with this and and really working on data sets. It's not just theoretical inside the classroom. No, not at all. It's really preparing them to go in and, and pick up the new data at their next job and, and start working with it. So um, it is all hands-on, and we plan on dealing with, with real messy data, the kind that they're going to work on in their new yeah career that's good well because there's um, there's lots of public data sets out there which is make things wonderful and there's lots of those public data sets are very messy yes yeah. yeah it's awesome go to government sites that's where we can find some good messy yeah. data sets no and, it, and it's good because you that it's also interesting for folks to go learn a lot of those sorts of things if like you look at the u.s census data or a lot of yeah you, what sort of insights and things can you figure out there looking at the census data over a uh, trending over time and all those yeah 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 these are the kind of things you can start to see with data science. What's really cool is there are so many data sets and, and opportunities, not, not but open data, where we can actually have them work on projects that um, do social good. I yeah. mean, that are, that are for nonprofits or um, there's, there's a data for social good um, out there that's a nonprofit that well, provides like data for, yeah, for these opportunities. So being able to use that during class where we're helping others in the same time is pretty cool. Yeah. So students, do they need their own data science computer to, <laughs> to enroll in this or how does that work? Yes. They'll have to pr bring their own MacBook. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So MacBook, she recommends. MacBook, definitely. Yeah. yeah it's, um, we've decided that that's what we're going to work with. It's the most, it's the most used. Um, it's the easiest to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're going to need to put Python on your computer. You're going to need some of those things. Definitely. Yeah. If you're, nerdy enough to run the Linux subsystem on Windows, then maybe you could get an exception from her. But if you don't know what the Linux subsystem in Windows, you probably <laughs> shouldn't be using a Windows computer to do data science. Yeah, my co-instructor, Zach, is pushing for the uh, for Linux. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> I said I've never really seen a data scientist that I've worked with be, uh, you know, work on Linux. Most of them are working on Macs. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, most of, the, most of the employers won't uh, allow people to run Linux on their their desktop computers. Yeah. Yeah. No, some <laughs> Except of, Rackspace. Yeah. Rackspace. And yeah, I mean, some <laughs> super high tech companies, but most data science is going to be done out there in industries that are not 
tech. Exactly. Um, I, this is one of, the, I think, the interesting things is everyone's like looking at, at creating uh, tech jobs and, and building employment in tech companies. But really, the, the technology department of every business is going to grow um, over the next 20 years. Uh, and data science, is like as you get into retail like you were or financial services, those are all places that are collecting lots of information and uh, customer expectations are going up in all of those areas. I mean, now when I, I fly around and travel, um, if I used a credit card to buy airplane tickets to fly from here to New York, I don't want a fraud alert on my on that same card when I'm actually in New York. I want them to pay attention to the fact that I used your card to buy those tickets. I'm not in, shouldn't be in San Antonio. So they should be figuring that stuff out. And on the retail side of things, uh, we want the retailers to have the right products in the right store at the right uh, time of year for us and all, all the rest of that. The, the expectations are going up for folks there. And um, the the ways of, of guessing on some of those are not going to be successful for the next 20. Yeah, definitely. So in the demand is the demand for the talent there is huge. Um it takes a lot of people to put this together and make it work. And it takes a lot of people who, who are able to go in and actually educate the different business units within non-technology companies um, on, on how it needs to work also. And I think that's critical, is making sure that, um, because if they're, not, if they're not a tech company, a lot of times they don't understand the, um, the challenges that could come into play there. And so, yeah. Yeah, I find it kind of amazing. I've built out a lot of stuff um, inside the business I run for my day job with the data science so that we have predictive models for revenue forecasting for customer behavior for all sorts of things so we can we can serve our customers better and I go through and I, I share and folks and show kind of how we've built and set these things up and, and they're like well how do I get one of those I was like well you get yourself a data scientist <laughs> uh, and then you give them two years yes yeah and, and the the business we run our data is is fairly clean and fairly straightforward and the rest of this um and but it could take yeah three years and and so it's one of these where um you'll start to get some value along the way you can do specific projects and modeling but to really get to where you've got kind of a comprehensive set of predictive reporting and and that's really i mean that's a i think a, a word that a good one to describe the difference maybe as well between data science and and analytics analytics lets you have data analysis on stuff that's already happened data science can help you predict what will happen in the future yes yeah, so if you think about there's a you know common spectrum of thinking of taking data to action that goes from data to information to intelligence um, and on to action and you know data analytics is going to just like you said it's going to look back and and deliver what has happened so that others can infer and, and hopefully make decisions from that. And they kind of take what's happened and make their own decisions. Whereas with data science, we're, you know, either it's outputting a prediction or it's actually, you know, outputting a data product that enables someone to take action based on, based on what that is telling them, like a recommendation engine, for example. Yeah. So where you would be on Netflix and it would recommend a new show for you. And that would encourage you to take action because it's a new show that you are highly likely to to enjoy and, and select yeah and i mean for i guess as you you think through on that from an e-commerce perspective um when you used to go physically into a grocery store 
they, they would figure out through data modeling and everything else what to stick on the end cap of the aisle so that you would you'd end up buying stuff that you didn't really intend to buy when you showed up at the grocery store. You had a list, but you just saw that there and you're like, I'm going to get this and I'm <laughs> going to take it and take it home. Moving into the, the web where folks have that, that grocery list, you have to have the, hey, did you think about this recommendations to go along with it to keep that kind of customer behavior where you're you're buying extra stuff that you, you weren't thinking about buying when you showed up online on the website but that you do want and you will enjoy when you do purchase it exactly because most grocery a lot of a lot of grocers for example you know so much of the revenue comes from those things that you didn't think about but you saw them as you were walking through and you know how if things are shifting to digital how do you capture that um and that's exactly how is by by pushing them those things most likely right in front of their eyes yeah no it's it there's those add-on recommendations and it's it'd be interesting um yeah as more of our our commerce moves towards uh, this on-demand ordering model versus a shopping model uh, that everyone in the retail industry is going to need lots of data science. Yes, yeah, and it's going to be beyond marketing. I mean, just like you said, in cybersecurity, everything is going to, everything is generating data, and everything that's generating data is going to need data scientists to do something with it. It used to be a competitive edge, a competitive advantage to be able to do something with the data you're capturing. And and now it's becoming a competitive necessity that if you're not doing it, um, you're not going to go anywhere and be able to compete with with the rest. Yeah, well, you'll you'll end up with sales that are lower um, mm-hmm. or processes that are not as efficient. You won't catch errors as early. Um, all of those yeah. uh, different things, it, like in advanced manufacturing as well, looking for defects in a line and figuring this stuff out ahead of time so that. Uh, you don't end up with a, a recall later yes. on. Yeah, like I mean that because recalls. No one likes recalls. No, no. Or a cybersecurity event where yeah. someone has intruded and it's been eight months since they've been in your network and you have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So you're listening to 1200 WAI. This is Cyber Talk Radio, and we're talking uh, data science. If you uh, just turned your radio on right now and wanted to catch this full program, uh, you can look us up on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com. Uh, we will have this episode of the program up on Tuesday, November the 13th. Uh, you can learn more about CodeUp. We've uh, had some of the folks from the team on there talking about uh, the rest of the educational tracks uh, that they run uh, in our past programs. Those are also available uh, on iTunes podcasting. So if you're uh, going to have that MacBook, you can get your iTunes podcast service and uh, listen and learn all about uh, code up in the, the background of uh, how that got started, um, what they're offering, and, and how things go. And if you're listening to us on a podcasting service now, thanks for enjoying the program. Uh, thanks for being a, a listener. If you have uh, additional topics you would like to see us cover, um, we're out active on Twitter, Facebook, or we've got um, submission forms on our website as well for Uh, what you would like to know. Uh, For those on the radio, we're going to take a break here at the bottom of the hour for a news traffic and weather update. And then uh, we will be back in the second half of the program uh, talking some uh, data science cybersecurity examples. So um, I talked a little bit about the fraud detection on my kind of my credit card. And then you you look at um, all this information coming in on the the cyber side of things and the network side of things and, and tracking and measuring behavior. So uh, we'll uh, walk through some hypotheticals maybe with Maggie here, and you can see really what you'll learn as a data scientist uh, to be able to do. And as a, a business owner, uh, you'll learn what a data scientist could uh, do for you uh, to help keep your 
uh, business safe um, and keep your uh, employees safe as well because um, many times they're going to get their computer hacked and they're not going to know it either unless you've got somebody going through uh, looking at things uh, in a way where you're finding those needles in a haystack, which is what data science can let you do. So short uh, answer, what got you excited about data science and led you down this, this path in your career? Um, I love math. I love human behavior. I love problem solving, mazes, puzzles, and data science puts all of those together. There you go. Yeah. So if that sounds like you or that sounds like uh, one of your kids, then uh, data science could be the path uh, for them to go. We will be right back here after a news, traffic, and weather update on CyberTalk Radio. Welcome back to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. We've been talking data science uh, for the first half of the hour. Uh, if you uh, just turned your radio on right now after that news, traffic, and weather update, uh, you can listen to this program uh, in full on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com. Uh, it'll be up there on Tuesday, November the 13th. If you are listening to us uh, on iHeart Streaming, uh, thank you very much for doing that as well. So if you do hop out of your car, uh, you can continue to listen to this uh, live as we're broadcast out there. Uh, you can also listen to us uh, on our website, uh, on the iHeartMedia website, on any of your favorite podcasting services out there. And if you have a podcasting service where you do not find uh, the archives of our program, please let us know on Facebook or Twitter. We will get our content added and we will get you a CyberTalk Radio t-shirt. So I'm joined this week by Maggie Geis, who's a professor. And I mentioned that at the start, and then she was talking about uh, teaching data science at CodeUp, where CodeUp doesn't really have professors, they have instructors. Uh, but uh, So uh, go back and explain to our audience uh, why we why I started there at the, the beginning of this. I, I teach a class at Trinity. Um, I teach a data science course in their business analytics and technology department. So um, I'm not sure technically if I can be called a professor since I don't have a PhD, but yeah. but I like it. You I, know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to call you one, whether, okay. whether you do or not. Yeah, they, they probably have some very official rules about professor or not professor. <laughs> you might be, you're an adjunct instructor or exactly. something is what they probably call you. I am an adjunct instructor and I am so incredibly grateful for the opportunity to get to um, contribute to to that program. It's a great program. It's led by Jorge Colazzo, and um, it's been, I guess, I can't tell you how long they've had it going, maybe three or four years, but um, they just continue to improve it, and it's been such a great program, and they've been placing their students like crazy uh, at Dell, at HEB, everything, and so I got the opportunity to um, to enhance it and you know with whatever had been missing at the time and so I, what I developed was a uh, data science course that was kind of a it covered it covered the foundations of data science what does it look like in industry in the real world and um, and so I started that last fall um, and then I've taught it again this fall and they'll be adding it to the curriculum yeah so then how did you you end up at, at code up 
So I was um, working at HEB and I got a call and um, he was doing some research and was on a path to, to help develop, to develop this program. Um, and he had put together some ideas and just wanted some feedbacks from some data scientists, um, some, from active data scientists in San Antonio. Um, I, he had talked to Mark, uh, to Mike DeFelice, who works with you, and, and he, um, so I had a great discussion with him, and, and this has been my passion for so long, to be able to um, teach, uh, and then I realized how much I loved development of curriculum and content when I was working, doing some stuff for Trinity. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so we ended the conversation with both of us at the same time saying, um, if you ever need anyone working on this full time, and him saying, if you're ever interested, then yeah. <laughs> let's stay in, let's get get in touch. So, yeah, it was a great opportunity. Oh, and I think that's one of the, the things that uh, is great about a, a program uh, such as Code Up, where you the folks that are teaching there uh, are all industry experienced, industry professionals that um, have that hands on practical, which helps the the students get the skills that they need to be hired into industry. So I mean, and then when we had on um, some of the folks from the Code Up team about the other um, courses there from uh, front end development, full stack development, and those. Um, like 80% plus of the graduates are getting hired right out of the demo day that they have for their capstone projects at the end of the, the, the course. Yeah, definitely. And what Dimitri's done is, is um, you know, he's spent so much time interviewing, like I said, data scientists all over the city. Um, and he's building out a panel of people so that we can continue to get industry feedback since I will be obviously out of, of a full-time you know, practicing data science. Yeah. Um, we want to keep in touch with people from all industries in the city to to make sure that our curriculum is staying up to date with with what's truly going on inside each of these companies. Yeah. So it, I we'd uh, also uh, talked. So we'll dive into some real world examples here real quick. I'll tangent on a, on the program. Uh, so on the fraud detection side of things. So um, you have hackers that get inside of a business and they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing in there and going undetected because the the tools and technologies that we've set up um, to track them and monitor them from an intrusion detection and log management where you have people, analysts, looking at screens, the the hackers have figured out how to evade that um, because there's standard techniques and standard things that are being done there. Um, And this is, I think, where the the data science comes in, uh, where you can help surface stuff that an individual can't see on their own. Uh, so I know you have some experience in these kind of use cases. Walk through for our listeners on on how you would go about applying data science to help secure a, a business. Sure. So, um, I mean, first you mentioned, you know, the existing systems, and, and it's all about layers of defense. Those existing systems, those existing um uh, ways of, of detecting intrusion are, are still important. Um, but like you said, the the attackers are, are getting more and more advanced. And so we can't stay on top of it with rule-based systems, with um, learning what they're doing and then go out and and create something to, to detect that because they'll already be moving on to the same thing. So data science is, is about actually not using rule-based, but using machine learning to detect these things so that it adapts as, as the intruder adapts. And so examples might be um, 
might be building models of like using clustering, which is a way to group similar similar behaviors or similar users, um, so that when you see a user who accesses say similar documents than than others. And then all of a sudden that user starts accessing, moves to a different cluster and starts accessing different documents, then there's a possibility that that user's account has been taken over. Yeah. Especially if those documents it starts um, accessing are, are um, confidential or, or uh, contain PII or something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, or that user's uh, account's been taken over or that user's doing something that potentially they shouldn't do. So yes. the, the NSA Insider probably card. should have had some data science for the Edward Snowden because as a sysadmin, he had access to lots of things, uh, but he didn't really have a business need to be accessing all the stuff that he did access. Exactly. And the insider threat really is the biggest threat yeah. of, for a company. No, and So that's a, a really... Um, good way to, to lay out. So if you, if you have a team of um, accountants, those accountants should be all doing generally similar things, some number of emails that they're sending and receiving. And you, so you can model all of this with data science and then you can you can flag and pop up an alert of like, hey, go investigate this computer and you can find out, is the computer infected by a hacker? Is this person been compromised? It's, it, it happens still out there. Um, hackers can get information on somebody because the medical record breach or whatever else and then blackmail them to then steal information from the, the business they work for. And they might not want to do it, but they're being coerced into to doing it. Yeah. Uh, and you can detect these kind of things through these data science models. You're listening to 1200 WAI. This is Cyber Talk Radio, and we're talking data science here uh, with a, a new program that's you know, being started up by CodeUp, uh, who's uh, on Houston Street. Are you technically on Houston Street, or are you guys on uh, Navarro? Technically, we're on Navarro. Okay, technically, the, it's on Navarro. But the corner of Houston and Navarro, you can see a big CodeUp sign here in downtown San Antonio. Uh, it's where you can come learn data science or full-stack development. Uh, so on the data science program, when are you... Uh, taking applications for um, enrollment and then when when's the first uh, data science class start we are taking applications now there you go yes so um, and we are uh, the first class is set to start February 4th for 18 weeks so we're excited I'm spending my time right now developing the curriculum for that and flushing all of that out and we're looking forward to the first group of students we're taking applications actually for the February 4th and then the following cohort which will begin in July Okay, so yeah, you can if you're out there thinking about data science, planning ahead, you could enroll and go from February through the end of June, middle of June, middle of June, yeah, and then or July through November ish. Yes, yeah, okay. So yeah, we could be a year from now. You've got uh, two. You could be through one of those two cohorts, and you could be off as a data scientist uh, in just yeah less than a year. Yeah, and what's great about this is that we. It's, we're not just educating you and sending you on your way. We have, I think the most incredible and unique part of our program is the work with our partners to help get our students placed. Um, and, and with Steven Salas and team, I mean, they've been incredibly successful with that. So when you say uh, you really like believe in the curriculum that you're teaching industry relevant skills, so uh, you're going to pay $20,000 or so for the data science program at CodeUp. If I don't get a job after I go through this, uh, what do you guys do about the tuition I just spent with you? You will get 100% of your tuition back. How's that? So 100% money back guarantee on get yourself a job uh, doing the things that you're going to learn 
uh, or you don't have to pay for it. So this is where they put their money where their mouth is on. How good is the curriculum? How relevant is that curriculum to employers? That's right. So it's, you know, within, if you don't have a job within six months and you've taken the steps that we've recommended to to help get you placed, um, 100% of your tuition will be refunded, which is like nothing else yeah. out there. I don't know anyone else offering that. No. Um, no. So it's a, it's an interesting one. And um, I mean, a, a real um, differentiator because a lot of folks go, well, I, I'm going to get a certificate of completion here. I'm not getting a bachelor's of science in data science from this. I'm not getting a master's of science in, in data science uh, where I had to have a, a mathematics or a uh, computer science undergrad prerequisite to do this. So like our employers really going to, to care because this is a certificate, um, not a, an official accredited degree. Yeah. And what's important is that what's interesting is that most people don't even think about the certificate because you are going to get the experience. Um, you're going to get a job and you're going to go out and get the experience where the certificate doesn't even play a part. So, um, you know, a lot of programs are selling on the certificate, um, but but the most important part is is our relationship with the partners, and that's how you're going to get placed in the job is by learning what you're learning, the skills, be ready to walk into a company and and apply those and provide value. Yeah, and uh, as we we look out there, you're seeing uh, lots of things changing in the education landscape. Um, you've got uh, companies like uh, Y coming out saying that unless a professional degree is required, uh, so if you're going to be a CPA or a lawyer, obviously you're going to go through an accredited program there, but for many of their uh, consulting roles and other things now, they're doing their own skills and knowledge tests rather than looking for accredited degrees. Yeah, and I mean, these uh, most... Most of the people entering our program are at, in a career transition, so a lot of them will have bachelors maybe in something else, and and many will not, um, but they'll have experience in something else. Um, yeah. there's, there's also military, so it, we uh, we take the GI Bill. Um, I was just going to ask about that. Yes, yeah, so mm-hmm. if, if I'm a cyber operator transitioning out of the, the west side of uh, San Antonio over here where I'm, I'm out on base um, and I want to go from cyber operator to data scientist, uh, GI Bill eligible. Definitely. We're yeah. ready for you. Um, we take uh, we have scholarships for um, for women, LGBTQIA, for um, other minorities. So. Um, just a lot of scholarships out there we're encouraging we're really encouraging to to diversify both the tech industry and and data science yeah oh and then which is why i think it, it's awesome to have you on the program as a female example that like you can do data science like it, it's not something that only men can do definitely and it, you know, it is, it's <laughs> But I mean, this is like if you look and, and we, we talk about this some on the program here is that the tech industry is trying to diversify the workforce. Um, but you, you look across um, many tech companies and you they'll they'll talk about the ratio of, of women that are hired, but they're not in technical roles. And you won't be able to get stats out of anybody really on what percentage of their workforce is female in the software development or data science or systems engineering roles um, because no one's proud of those numbers right now. I think everyone would like to have more diverse teams there, but many this is a kind of self-fulfilling prophecy right now is that there aren't any women that are believing that they can get jobs in this so they don't go get the education. Uh, you can get jobs in this and you can do 
just the same or better and just as anyone else this is not a, a male female thing that is some magic skill that you have by only having a y chromosome not at all and what's so cool about data science um you know and i can say this just because this is my the field i've been in is it's so important to have diverse thinking in it and every person's brain works differently right yes. and so to be able to have you know people with different backgrounds different experiences in a field that requires creativity to think about this data in it in in different ways to to gather these insights from this massive amount of data where you could go in endless directions with it it's so important in this field to have diversity of thinking so well, we've talked uh, quite a bit about um, some of the kind of algorithm, the math side of the curriculum and and how you're going to be analyzing data, what you're going to do with it. But in order to effectively be a data scientist, there's more than just uh, the Python on your computer and talking to the, the numbers. What uh, as a successful data scientist, what what else uh, are you going to need from a skills perspective? And then, how do you are you guys teaching those at CodeUp, or do they have to go learn those on their own somewhere else at Toastmasters? <laughs> I would say that some of the most um, powerful skills and and those that lead to the most success as a data scientist are the soft skills, um, the, the ability to communicate effectively, whether it's to a technical audience or to an executive op- audience, um, and we plan on teaching those. We plan on putting as much emphasis on that as we do on the technical skills. Um, I think a lot of the programs that are out there, there's there's not even mention of that a lot of the time. And um, it's it's so important and it's it's the part that people see. So you can do all this technical stuff on the back end um, and and if, if it's not delivered in a way that people will listen and hear it, um, then then it doesn't exist. Yeah. So not only you, you, you'll find the needles in the haystack, but you've got to be able to synthesize them and explain what it means to different audiences. Yes, and you also have to be able to build a brand for yourself where people will listen or people will accept your data product as, as something that is valid and that's something that they can trust. And so you know that building up that brand is so important too. So it's not just communicating a specific report, but it's also, you know, um, making yourself trustworthy and, and honest and, and um, being able to build that up so people will hear the message you have to give. Yeah. So in data science, um, is there a specific department inside of companies that you work for? or, or How is that going to work from a, a day in the life of the data scientist? When I get hired, is there a data science team and a data science department at a company or, or not? It depends on where you go. So in some places, like I believe LinkedIn and Facebook possibly have um, have data science hubs, and I may be wrong there. So, yeah. um, but I know at one point um, they they'll have a data science hub where where data scientists can you know will will sort of have a dotted line to various departments um, that they can help out, um, and then there are other other teams where or organizations where a data scientist may sit within um, a group of a group of say um, software developers or maybe a group of um, 
marketers and they're focused on maybe a certain product yeah. doing data science and they're the token data scientists for that group, right? So um, it really depends. In terms of business units, um, you'll see them across everything. Yeah, so we've talked to some of the use cases. Like you could be in a, in a, if you're working for an insurance company, you might be in their fraud and risk department. It's like, how do I know if somebody um, is faking this insurance claim or not? And the yes. data scientist can help you figure that type of stuff out versus on the the grocery store example of now you're online shopping and and I need to let you know that you you really wanted some sausages to go with the uh, other things that you were buying there for your barbecue this weekend. Yeah, so you'll see data scientists in marketing, and that's really where you first we first started seeing most of the data science work being done. Yeah. Um, and then you could see data science in supply chain um, and in customer experience and support, helping channel uh, support calls or automating ticket tagging and, and ticket routing. Yeah, and sir, I mean, going through, that's a, another great example. You companies out there, everyone has a, a ticketing system pretty much. You have giant piles of all of the communication back and forth with your, your customers over the years. So, um, And you'll have teams in that, that customer service department that are kind of trying to synthesize the results and show, hey, here's an issue that if you, we could adjust or fix the product. Um, but the data science will really let you get at it from a totally different angle. And you may see things in there that um, just because the the support team is working on it doesn't see because this is just their day in the life and they they have um, they may not realize what is driving the volume or um, causing customer defection because they you can't connect and tie all those dots together until you you plug a data scientist in there. So what I'm hearing is every single different department of every kind of company at some point should have a data scientist in it. Yes. This gets back to the 2.7 million number that you said from IBM, but really it's. It sounds like that number is going to end up bigger. I would guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Every department is going to need it. Um, regarding the ticket routing and tagging, so when I started at Rackspace, I started on our customer support um, related to for email. Um, and we would, when we noticed that a lot of calls were coming in for the same issue, we'd be talking over the cubicles, you know, hey, are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? So, um, you know, now you can have a, a data product out there that is capturing those tickets, the text of those tickets using natural language processing to, to identify when that trend is picking up, just like you said, um, and there's no more talking over the cubicles to wait until enough people have said it yeah. to find the issue. Oh, and so, yeah, you surface stuff um, potentially in real time, depending on how you set up and build your data platform. Yeah. Yeah, which is super cool. So with data science, there's we've talked about lots of things that data scientists can do um, and some and some things maybe that businesses don't understand about it. But in your experience, what are, are some of the things where you, the, I'm going to call them the myths of data science. So it's like, uh, I'm going to hire a data scientist and they're going to do X for me. <laughs> well, I think first it's important to know data scientists are not unicorns or magicians. So um, so magic can't happen. Um, they, they need infrastructure in place to do the work that needs to be done. They, they need data. Okay. Yeah. So data scientists <laughs> need data. Yeah. They need data that is valid. Yeah. So garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. Um, and they need data that's consistent, that's, that's regularly coming in. Um, and they need tools. Yeah. So, I mean, man, we see so many times that um, 
that companies are hiring a data scientist before they're hiring um, a data engineer to to actually put the infrastructure in place. So not magicians, um, not statisticians. Yeah. Data scientists use statistics, um, but their primary their primary methodology is not statistics. Um, data scientists are not um, BI developers or business analysts, as we discussed earlier in the program. Yeah. Um, and. And um, yeah, I think the biggest point is they're not magicians. <laughs> yeah, but you, and, and so the as you said, there's spots where data science makes sense, and that is the the right um, skill set and person to hire. But you can't just hire a data scientist and get rid of your your business analytics team. You can't get rid of your um, your customer service team. You can't get rid of all the rest of these folks. It's just like, well, the data scientist will figure out what the issues are and then the software will fix itself. But that's, yeah, no. And there's software that will sell you on that. You yeah. know, that this, this is like the magic. You just put one person with it and all issues will be solved. But. And, and so there's, there's also software out there making the claims that you don't need a data scientist, just buy my software, feed everything in. And then we have a machine learning model that we've built with the, so it's like built by data scientists, but not it can be used by anybody. Yeah. You're making this face like, don't believe it. Yeah. Well, here's the, here's the challenge is that I mentioned earlier, we spend 80% of our time cleaning the data. Yeah. Um, that software requires clean data going into it. So you're only knocking off the chunk possibly of max 20%. Of the what the data scientists and the team's really going to be working on. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming to join us. If you wanted to learn more about the program, www.codeup.com. If you uh, just turned your radio on right now, we're talking about the data science program. First class will be February of next year. Applications are open right now to uh, enroll. And if you don't end up an employed data scientist at the end of it, they will give you your full tuition back. So thank you, Maggie, for joining us and talking about this and uh, looking to build out uh, data scientists here in the San Antonio area. Thanks, Brett, for having me.